We're just going to run over to Texarkana and pick up 400 cases of Coors. And bring them back in 28 hours. Whoa, I got a plan for you. That's called bootlegging, and that's against the law. Well, who gives a turkey? When the snowman and the bandit are running the booze, no Whoa. one can stop it. Hold it right there. There ain't going to be no more snowman and bandit. You understand him? Why? Well, because I've got to go in the morning to Kanye's and pick up a load of manure. Shitty job. folks, welcome to the Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies from that. This is episode 199, and we're going to be talking about Smokey and the Bandit. This great and fantastic film stars Burt Reynolds, the irrepressible Jackie Gleason, Jerry Reed, and the perky Sally Field. I am your host, Steve Michaels, and joining me is my very good and dear friend, Ken I keep my wheels spinning and my beavers grinning. Rony. I got the metal to the pedal and this thing to the floor. Awesome. All right. And also joining us is our other good and dear friend, Mark. You some bitches couldn't close an umbrella. Slover. You know, we're doing this podcast for the good old American life. For the money, for the glory, and for the fun. Wait a minute. We don't get paid. <laughs> oh, well, then we're doing it for the fun. <laughs> mostly for the fun. Yep, mostly for the fun. And if you guys heard the original intro, you'd know how much fun it was. All right, and la- oh, let's see. Our other good and dear friend, our favorite penny on the rail, Jeff, give me a Diablo sandwich and Dr. Pepper. I got a podcast to do, Muncie. Shut up one shit at a time. <laughs> Oh, very well done. Uh, and also joining us is our other very good and dear friend, the Reverend Deuteronomy Skaggs. You know, for some reason or other, Steve, you sound a lot taller on the podcast. You're <laughs> the, the world coming to. <laughs> nice, nice. Like it. All right, folks. Well, I'll tell you what. Episode 199, we're going to be doing uh, Smoking the Bandit. This is a. Uh, Obviously, a long-awaited uh, review based on the uh, the Facebook uh, uh, comments and uh, some of the Twitter <laughs> fans posts. have been asking for this for years. I, I have they? I I wasn't paying attention. Well, that's true. Words never been spoken. It's exhibit B this evening, Steve. What's Exhibit A? Um, we went through it at the intro. I'm sorry, the yeah. intro original. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. For the intro redo, <laughs> it'll be out on the classic hits album at some point. Yeah. So yeah, this is a this is a long-awaited review. A lot of people have looked forward to it. Uh, I do want to throw out a shout out to one of our uh, loyal listeners, Brian Wilson. Uh, he had uh, uh, sent us a, a great tweet. I loved it, and he said, uh, uh, "Heard you talk about smoking the bandit on our last show," and he says, uh, "Most of us in the South consider it a documentary." <laughs> and, well, and, let, let, to be clear, <clears throat> those of us south of Indianapolis consider it a document. 
<laughs> so I mean, I mean that was pretty awesome. I, I I'm not even from the south, and I could probably appreciate that. So, but uh, well, you're from the region. I'm from the region. I'm about as far as well, not too far south, but uh, not as far south as maybe Michigan. But yeah, I have no relation to that. We talk funny up in the region. Anyway, Smoking the Bandit, 1977, and guys, this is probably my first view of this movie in, shit, probably 30 years. I don't think I've seen it since. Um, it was almost a new view for me. I honestly didn't know how it ended. I mean, I kind of knew how it ended, but I just didn't remember a lot of the <laughs> bits and pieces that went through there. But uh had a good time. So, again, opening thoughts. What do you think? Is everybody looking at me? Because yeah, the, we're we're looking at you, redneck truck driver kid. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, You're the tour all, guide on this adventures, Brian. Actually, I've been there, done that, so to speak. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought I would be too jaded, <coughs> which is an ironic statement, being that you know me. But I'm thinking like this is really going to suck. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, geez, almighty. I'm like, holy shit, I'm there. I mean, I love this. I mean, I remember, I remember college. One of my buddies, he was like an English lit major, and you know, one of my other buddies, Rich Young, if he ever listens, call out to Rich Young, who's the, funny, the funniest goddamn guy I've ever met in my life, by the way. You would love him on this. Uh, we are giving this guy no end of shit because we're like, oh, Smokey the Bed is awesome. And he's like, uh, guys, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like smoking a bandit, dude. And, you know, we're just blowing him hell because because we like to blow people hell. <laughs> but I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh, my God, this movie is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's as good as it was when I was a 17, you know, 1977, honestly. I mean, I mean, it was – what I would say about Hollywood is this. Hollywood – is always two to three to four years in arrears of life. And this movie was me, or, or my life, in 1972, 73, 74, 75. I mean, right down to the having a handle on the radio, and you know, in a truck with my dad, and going to, by the way, go, going to the region, Steve, to haul, yep. some, haul some steel. Yep. Uh, I mean, I was there. I mean, I, I was there. Riverdale, Illinois, which is another story. But, uh, man... You know, I mean, this was this was this was absolutely my life, and I and I adore this movie. Some forty freaking years later, which I thought I would hate. So there. Cool. You you hadn't seen it until we put it up for the podcast. I hadn't watched it twenty five thirty years. Oh, God. And, and again, I thought it I, I thought it'd be just like, oh, this is going to be just awful. And <laughs> Mark, when Mark suggested, I'm like, okay. But, you know, <laughs> and I'm watching this movie and I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, this is fantastic. So <laughs> it brought back memories of tube tops and all kinds of wonderful things. So. Oh, my God. The tube tops in this were awesome. Well, look, look, well I'll talk about that later because I have a great <laughs> statement about the Viking death you know, I want to have with tube tops. So we'll there. I'm done. <laughs> move, move on. I can talk all night. All right, guys, jump in. What do you think? Uh, I'll jump in. Uh, you know, it, it came out. I was in high school when this came out. And I think if I know three of us, Brian and Je uh, mm -hmm. Ken and I, 
all grew up with the CB era. I remember CB radios when I was in Boy Scouts and everybody had them. It was before cell phones. Yeah, I, I watched this movie and it just brings back, and I don't know about Ken or Brian, but it just, I think you two other Hanyaks were still walking around crapping in your diapers and <laughs> chewing, on, chewing, your dad, chewing on the bumper of your dad's car. Um, I, this movie just brings back memories of that period of my life in high school. And there's just something fun and innocent about this movie. Now, you know, it's it's got an edge to it in the sense of language and whatnot, but compared to, you know, it was kind of racy back then, but there's there's just something, I don't know, good-natured about this movie. And it, it, it doesn't, it's not pretentious. It, does, it, it can't be. There's no depth here. I mean, you know, it's... It's let's get the Coors and let's get back and you know anything that's got a basset hound in it can't be half bad. Um, and it's just got a lot of chemistry. I, I think that's the thing that I really enjoy about this movie is the actors really. You can tell there's chemistry between them off the stage. I mean, obviously there's a lot of chemistry between Bert and Sally. <laughs> yes, but it's and it's a great if you haven't seen the movie to the listeners if you're kind of like book. If you wanted to get a kind of a sense of what the mid-70s in America was like, this movie, whoever on Twitter said, you know, this is a documentary about the South, um, there's there's a a nugget of truth there. Um, It's just a lighthearted movie, and it's great. And I think also what makes it great is, you know, knowing kind of that cultural period where so many movies were dark or dystopian, and there were there was no pretense here. It was just good old, you know, like I said in my opening, you know, for the money, for the fun, for the good old American way. And I think that just kind of sums this movie up. And, got, you know, I think the best thing that ever happened to this movie was Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason made the movie, I think, gave it the staying power that it has. Um, you know, the guy, the guy is an icon, and I think it kind of kick-started, re-kick-started his career. But, but his sense of comic timing and how he played off of all the other actors around him or not even around him, um, just his physical comedy is just amazing to watch. So, you know, it's just it, it just brings a smile to my face. And if it's on TV, I'll stop and watch it because it's just got some great lines. It's just a fun movie. Hey, Mark, I'm going to jump in and just kind of echo what you said because you, you made a lot of good points. This is... <clears throat> I think even like uh, uh, the comment on Twitter that we got from uh, Mr. Wilson, you know, it's kind of documentary of the South, but, you know, even those of us up in the Midwest, the heartland, as you will, I mean, we could kind of relate to some of this. I don't think we'd go to the extent that they did down there, but um, I do want to set the record is uh, I did have a CB back then. I'm not that much younger than you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just 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 putting that out there but yeah i actually we did have a cb my grandfather had a cb and a scanner so we still listened to the police reports uh in lake county and uh all of the uh you know the great uh the the trucker stuff off the uh the cb so i was pretty familiar with that well i mean again i'll interrupt but i mean this i mean this movie is kind of what I grew up in. It really is. I mean, this. I mean, I grew up around Firebirds and people tearing up country roads. I tore them up myself. Uh, you know, in, in trucks. I mean, 
This is this is not. I mean, it's southern, I guess, but it's not southern. It's 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 a lot of what trucking was, or at least the mentality. And, and again, it it um, it's it's four or five years past, you know, when it was at its heyday. The movie caught it later because that's what it was like in the early seventies and the mid seventies. Uh, but again, I'll I'll stop. But I I could I could just rage on about this. So, Ken? so again, I'm I'm pushing it Ken? over. Yeah, I'm here. I'll jump in. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I can say that when this first came out, I didn't really watch it. It, it was a phenomenon. I mean, it was a summer movie. I remember everybody saw it. I didn't see it when it first came out because I was much too intellectual and sophisticated for such a yokelish fare. Uh, but then when I watched it back then, I can remember I, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. Uh, but I was like Brian. I was going like, oh, this is. Uh, yeah. we, we there's been a number of movies we've reviewed that we we thought were hot in our youth, and then we watch them now and go like, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but no, this one does hold up. A, a thing that I'll pass on, being the oldest in the group, I mean, you guys have sort of danced around it, but for younger listeners, this is, you know, there's a there's a whole genre of movies that sort of fall into the outlaw trucker, uh, you know, again, southern, you know, redneck sheriffs. Uh, there's a bunch of tropes in this that are just, you know, done to death. But historically, it's you know it's it's built around the whole CB radio phenomenon, which was a big thing back then. I mean, we didn't have the internet or anything. We had CB radios, and you know, we I had one too. Uh, but the, the reason to CB yes, what was your handle? I, <laughs> I, I got to, I I got to know. <laughs> it was so long ago, I don't remember. Okay. And we only had it for a little while because the thing was, you got. We came into it when everybody was on C on CB, you know, and the airwaves were just cluttered. You could hardly get a word in. Um, but it was a big phenomenon, and the, uh, the reason it became a phenomenon was, you know, back in the early seventies, there was the Arab oil embargo, and in reaction, they cut the speed limit down from seventy or eighty in most places down to fifty-five. Yep. Yep. And right. As a result of that, the truckers who get paid for arriving on time use their CB radios to connive their way around the the local sheriffs and highway patrols, beat the tickets, and get their goods delivered. And they had this whole, again, outlaw trucker rep. <clears throat> they had their own language, which you'll pick up, own way of talking, which you know came into the pop culture. It was a big thing, and, uh, you know, it's still out there. But there was other movies like this. Uh, I mean, the one jumps to mind immediately is Convoy. Uh, Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson, Allie McGraw, and the cast of all sorts of people taking it to the man. And the C.W. McCall song. Yes, yes, Convoy. Uh, And this also, this movie, they're commenting about Jackie Gleason. And he plays the stereotypical, probably these, you know, the stereotypical redneck Southern sheriff. Now, you know, the redneck Southern sheriff had been done by other people. Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, oh shoot, who 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 was it in the heat of the night? Uh, 
Rod Steiger. Carol O'Connor. Well, it, 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 the original, in the movie, yes. Rod Steiger did it. Carol O'Connor did it. You, this movie inspired other movies, TV series, uh, The Dukes of Hazard, you know, with Ros- Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. But uh, by the Sheriff- way, uh, uh, Deputy Enos is in this movie. He was the yes, one. I I saw that. <laughs> I mean, you had a uh, BJ and the Bear on TV with Sheriff Lobo. I mean, by, by was, the way, Cooter was in this movie. Cooter the, was in this movie. Uh, a, a Democratic senator from Georgia later. But anyway, I'll stop blathering. But I just want people to realize what these other guys are saying was true. This was this was a very popular movement phenomenon i mean it was the the conjunction of a bunch of things coming together and this movie was just it and it also i mean we're not giving burt reynolds enough this was a burt reynolds vehicle although jackie gleason stole the show and jerry reed and sally fields did their part uh but this is at burt reynolds peak i mean he was just he could do no wrong in the 70s and 80s and he made lots of lots of movies you may or may not like Burt Reynolds, but uh, he brought in a lot of bank. And he was like the key. If you if you need a movie, just have fast cars and wrecks. He had no shame about doing those. He did a lot of movies that were evocative of this, where basically it was just a bunch of people in cars running around wrecking vehicles. And they, well, he, he, they he were and Eastwood, he, he and Eastwood traded off year to year for the top actor of the year in terms of box office. Yeah. And Eastwood did vaguely similar stuff, too. So, anyways, enough about me. Let's pass it off to Jeff. Um, I don't have too much more to say other than, excuse me, um, this was, I think, the first, like, adult movie. You know, you got to remember, I was just a a wee lad when this came out. But I think this was, like, the first adult movie I was allowed to see. Because, you know, there's not too much too much language in this there's you know there's not too much sexuality um it's just what it is it's it's a giant car chase effectively most of the scenes are done are are viewed from the dashboard of something a car or a truck or something and i and and it's an interesting vantage point to tell a story from it's it, it 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 it's a different type of viewing it's pretty cool um, but I remember, you know, watching this on, you know, on HBO when, when HBO first came out and, you know, being really the first one that my family was like, okay, it's an adult show, you, you know, but you can watch it. It's, it's fine. So, um, it, and so this is one of my earliest memories of, you know, watching a movie outside of like, you know, Star Wars or something, and, which ironically came out the same year as this. Uh, which I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together. This feels more like an '80s movie than a late '70s movie, and the show looks great um, as far as as cinematography. Um, it is a fun ride from the beginning all the way to the end. I feel that they've paced this movie out, and what I'm completely fascinated with is the writing of this movie. I mean, there it, you could, Brian. You said earlier you had a, a friend in college that you know was like a you know language arts language arts major. It, you could you could take the script of this into a language arts class and teach class and say this first of all is not how you write and it sure as hell ain't how you talk. However, <laughs> it's damn entertaining. <laughs> so um, I find the writing in this movie just to be slightly on the brilliant side. That you know, like, you know, some people got together sat down and said 
this is what we're going to have the character say because most of it is is just a bunch of gobbledygook but said by <laughs> the classic Jackie Gleason um it 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 makes so much sense so uh, great movie love it and uh and, and you know I will point out that the title of the movie is Smokey and the Bandit so you know the yes. star of the movie should be Buford T Justice so I'll I'll rest my case there well, Jeff, Jeff it's Brian. Uh, one, of, one of the things is when I watched the movie, I, I actually, back in the day, I thought Gleason was over the top and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I look back now, having rewatched it, I'm like, oh, my God. He, he got all the great lines. Yes. I mean, but well, the, movie, the movie, you know, Hal Needham, who was a stunt guy, which might come up later, who was a director, and, you know, and, and Reynolds, and he decided, hey, Needham said, I want to do a movie, and Hollywood's kind of like, meh. And Reynolds, who was actually, I think, a roommate of his at one point, said, I'll do this movie. The movie is car chases, car crashes, and one-liners. And by God, Jackie Gleason delivers on the (laughs) one-liners. I mean, he may have wrote them, for all I know. I mean, mean, Jackie Gleason is a genius, by the way. He, He wrote, like, musical orchestrations. The guy's a genius. Um, well, no, he they pretty much just said you you deal you, know, you do your thing. I mean, he ad libbed most of what he did. Really, I didn't know. I, that. I mean, and he came up with a lot of the scenes and all. Well, he created his but own it, cuss word. Some bitch. Some bitch. Seriously, guys. I mean, when Mark Mark's like, let's do smoking a bandit. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm I'm internally, I hate to say it, Mark, I'm groaning because I'm like, oh, my God, I liked this movie when I was a kid. It was my life. It's not a particularly stellar part of my life. I'm like, oh, God. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, this movie is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, out, I'm watching Some this, things I'm, get better with age. That that movie got better with age. Ken, Ken talked about it earlier. Is that you, you see some stuff you like when you're young, you're like, Oh my God, I like that, and and again, I'm, I'm watching this movie like, oh, this is going to be awful. It's just going to be god awful. And I'm watching this movie. I'm like, oh my God, when 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 me and my buddy were giving our English major, you know, buddy a bunch of shit, we were right. We were we were we were on the side of God. <laughs> and by the way, you 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 mentioned uh, that was your first adult movie. That was a good year for that too, by the way. <laughs> Speaking for some spirits drive-ins. You you might want to refine you might want to redefine adult movie on the show. Just uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the drive-in <laughs> movies. Dar dar dar. And, was, and, some, and some other stuff in Greensburg, derp, Indiana. Derp, but we won't go into that. Was this R rated then? No, 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 no. This is this is GP. Oh, okay. At best. GP at, or PP at bet at yeah. worst. Okay. Well, here's the funny thing: the next year, summer '78, I'm a wonderful wife. Why? Well, I actually met her. Hell, I've known her for years. But I took her to a a, a Burt Reynolds movie with Sally Fields after our second date, and it was called The End with Dom DeLuise, and there was a brief topless scene, and I was terrorized. <laughs> 
not because I was terrorized, but because like, oh my god, I've taken her on his first date and there's a brief topless scene. She's going to think I'm a scumbag, which I am. But <laughs> you just didn't want it to be found out so early on. <laughs> I had to ease her into that. <laughs> god, I love this movie. Why did we not have him on this show like five years ago? Is beyond me. But. <laughs> Because he's a technophobe, and I couldn't get him to get on Skype. Well, he, he also oh, he also had some utes that he was bringing up in the world, and I did. I had some utes. That was it. All right, guys. So uh, you know, we talked about the movie. I mean, uh, a little bit of the plot. I haven't even talked about the plot. They were trying to uh, what bootleg four hundred cases of cores from uh, from Texas Why? to Georgia, and that's bootlegging. Steve, no, Texas. I'm, you, Texas. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. This really paints a picture of how desperate we were during the <laughs> 70s for, yeah. for, for, for beer worth drinking. Because well, you, were, you, you were willing to go to prison over cores, okay? <laughs> That's how stuff, bad it was. Stuff you uh, can't no, get honestly, away on the street back, corner now. I got to step in, again, context. Back in the 70s, Coors was viewed as this... <laughs> One of the best beers in the country. Yes, yes. It was made without preservatives. It was made with yeah. spring water. And they only sold it, you know, west of the Mississippi. So there was what this movie depicts was actually real. There's all sorts of people <laughs> here going like, man, I wish I could get some cores. Uh, a little bit of trivia I discovered. Dwight David Eisenhower, you know, Supreme Commander of Shave, President of the United States. When he was president... He had planes fly out to Colorado, pick him up Coors, and fly it out to Washington so he could drink it. So Coors, I think, is like many beers in the old days. I think it was – I didn't have it back then, but I suspect it was better then than it is now. I mean, again, I, I made the statement earlier that you know this movie was post – really, actually, it was actually post the, the sensation that Ken had mentioned earlier because Ken talked about, you know – how how society had kind of been evolved around the speed limit changes and so forth. And one of, one of the, actually the big deals about the um, CB radio, I mean, outside of, of voting Smokey and all that kind of stuff, was a vote was avoiding uh, the the weight checks. Yeah. And uh, you know, again, I I know this because I was intimately involved with it. I spent I spent my life up until I was eighteen years old on the weekends underneath the semi-truck white freight lighter in fact in fact when my dad passed about 13 years ago i auctioned it off which was kind of had terribly mixed feelings about that but but i spent my life underneath the semi-truck on the weekends i mean i, I went to school in a week during a week played football on friday nights or ran track uh, and then my weekends were underneath the semi-truck and um you know, I have an affinity for white freight liners, uh, not so much Mack trucks or a '74 Kenworth, which is what was featured in the movie. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that that it's a life it, for for those people who have families who are families with parents or grandparents or whomever drive a truck. It's it's a life, and back in those days, uh, they were they were kind of the knights of the road. Um, they really were, uh, and uh, but. But the CB radio is was a was a culture. Uh, both it, people who drove trucks and did drive trucks. Ken mentioned the scanners. My God, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, my grandparents had scanners up through the nineties, 
is, you know, I mean, uh, but it was a culture. I mean, again, you're trying to avoid things. And one of the things I noticed in the movie was early on where where I'm asking myself, like, why are they driving country roads? Uh, you don't have to avoid the weights. Uh, so just get in the interstate and just go. But coming back, okay, I get I get doing two-lane roads, even though there was interstates or what looked like interstates uh, in the latter part of the movie. But the point is, is you got to avoid the scales. The scales is a, are a big deal. If you're overweight, your ass is cooked. And that's well, part of the trucking life. Brian, another thing that you uh, you avoid, um, and part of the uh, trucking culture is uh, um, something called a lot lizard. Well, I I kind of failed in that, but, but you know, we, do you really want to go on? No, no I just no, no, I'm just really pointing out, you know, when we talk about trucking culture, uh, there's certain uh, there's certain. She wasn't a lizard. She was a very nice lady. <laughs> well, we have to say in this group, entire industry there. That's a very nice ladies that were on the side of the road providing useful services. It was in the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. here we Absolutely. go. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're a 14 year old boy and your old man takes you to a bar in Riverdale, <laughs> Illinois, and here we go. <laughs> All right, move it up. Unleash the Kraken, didn't you, Jeff? <laughs> You know, it only, it only takes a little Jeff, I've, I've listened to some other stuff we've done, and Jeff is like the guy, like, always me, by the way. It's like, go on, go on, keep going. Yeah, don't egg him out. It's like, like, always it's Jeff. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like he's your perverted psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. Brian. Yeah. You know, talk about your issues, son. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we should talk about some of the actors in this show. So what do we think yes. about Burt Reynolds? The man the man made breaking through the fourth wall <laughs> so cool. God, back God bless show. you. Ryan Reynolds looks That's up to this man. First yeah. thing I thought of. <laughs> if there is a God to Ryan Reynolds in acting, it is Burt Reynolds. Okay, and I just want to make one comment. Could his jeans be any tighter? <laughs> I, I, mean. I, I It was like, you know what? Obviously, he was circumcised. I could tell through those jeans. <laughs> Steve, of course, Steve's checking it out. God, Steve, you, you couldn't Steve, help it. If we could be, if we could be, then we were. <laughs> Good God, it's we all like, we all wore those jeans if we could. How? How? But if you could, oh yeah, the clothes. The clothes in this movie were authentic late seventies clothes. Oh yeah. yes. Oh Bell yeah. Bottom. I am really surprised the wardrobe department did not get an Oscar for this. <laughs> well, they well, couldn't the, because it's the, what the they wore then. The missing, Jeff, was uh, yeah. painter pants. Does anybody know what a painter pants is? Yeah, oh, yeah. I know what they are. Yeah. That was actually a couple years later. No. Uh, they well, were... Yes and no. I was wearing painter pants in 76, 77 yeah. with, a, with a Steve Miller belt buckle with a book of dreams. With a white freaking belt. I had a white belt. To match the pants, and I, really, I was I was awesome. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I realize this po- this podcast is Brian's um, therapy no. session. <laughs> well, back back then I was wearing red, white, and blue striped bell bottoms with the big big flare, but that's just hold and, and on. You, hey Brian, you you hippie Kenneth Roney. <laughs> I wore I bell wore bottoms. That that's what people wore. The no, we all know, we all wore bell bottoms. No, you were talking bad. about the wardrobe needed a prize they did nothing they just like got people off the street basically wearing what they were wearing 
there's yeah. nothing special about what they're wearing here. You're, but yeah, no, yeah. getting back to Burt Reynolds, you know, he done a, you know, he I, he came up through TV. He got, uh, you know, a number of, you know, basically yeah. westerns and stuff like that. Nothing major. He had Dan About five years before this, he did Deliverance. Yes. And then after Deliverance, he had a little lull. And then right about this time, maybe a year or two before, he hit his stride and just started cranking out movies. He's got some range. I mean, you can sit there and say, well, you know, he's done a lot of just, like Mark says, smirking at the camera and wrecking car kind of movies. But he also had other stuff. And uh, I got a lot of respect for Burt Reynolds. Yeah, and he's you know, hung in there. He's still he's still working. At least he was still working a couple of years ago. Well, last thing, last thing I saw him in was, uh, oh shoot, it was a great spy series uh, on television. Uh, gosh dang it, Burn Notice. He, Burn Notice. He played an old spy, and uh, yeah, he was in Burn Notice. Uh, that's the last thing I've seen him in. You know, Bert, Bert's freaking damn near eighty right now. Oh yeah, yeah. But oh my god, he was he was the freaking man. He, he did a he did a movie with Eastwood where they played like cops in the thirties and yeah, Kansas, Kansas was, City. Yes, yeah, yes. And I, I don't remember much about the movie because I don't think it was that good. But I really like to watch it again. Two guys that two guys that probably didn't Eastwood could do humor, but it wasn't Reynolds type of humor. And the movie to me didn't click. But they both actually can do humor, but it's just very different. If you want to see Burt Reynolds' humor along this line of truck driving and stuff, you, we, we we have to do any which way but loose. Well, that's Eastwood. Yeah. Did I say, did I say Reynolds? No, Eastwood. Oh. If you want to see Eastwood with 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 some with a, with some comedy, that's the movie. And and there, you know, there's a lot of trucking going on in there too. Um, that's the movie that we have to do. Well, that movie has the great William Smith. Bill Smith is like six six or six. No, excuse me. He's six three, six four, six two, maybe, maybe. He's in the Bodybuilding Hall of Fame, even though he's not really a bodybuilder. He was a Russian interpretist for the CIA, uh, but he always played in biker movies. He was actually he was the Russian in Red Dawn, the actual decent Red Dawn. But he was the Russian that they brought in. That was William Smith. And by the way, in that movie, they tell me Charlie Sheen was scared shitless of that guy. Excuse my French. But Sheen was actually intimidated. Because, by the way, Bill Smith could kick your ass. Uh, but he was a tough guy, played in biker movies, played in, in any which way but loose. He's a mitch. Guy's a mitch. Well, Bill Sorry. Smith was uh, <clears throat> just, I mean, he was Arnold's uh, inspiration to get in the bodybuilding. Oh, what? I didn't yes. know that. Yeah. Oh, he was, a, he was a legend of Venice Beach. Yeah. Smith is, but Smith is a Smith is just an incredible dude. I mean, yeah. he's one of these guys that, that's all been so overlooked by Hollywood. But this guy was this guy's done everything. He played Laredo, uh, Laredo with Neville Brand and uh, Peter something that just died a few years ago. But yeah, again, my my affinity for westerns. But uh, <laughs> but no, William Smith is awesome. Yeah, sorry, right. diverting. We're diverting. You need a moist towelette. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I, I, I asked if you needed a moist towelette or anything. I, uh, I'm, I'm wiping my head right now. So, well, that's, but, but, Brian, uh, I'm excited. Let, let's let Brian say a few words about Jerry Reed, then let's talk uh, about Jerry Reed a little bit. There you go. Jerry Reed, he's a god. He's a Bri- god. Brian, take it away. I've, I've seen him. I, 
but when I was a kid, oh, Jesus Christ, excuse me. <laughs> when I was a kid, are you, are you genuflecting while you speak? I, I'm on my knees, literally, right now. <laughs> Small shrine. I may not be able to get up. In fact, you know, I may need some help. I'm going to call out in a minute. But, but seriously, when I was a kid, we we went to a concert in Cincinnati, Ohio. My dad, you know, my truck driving dad, who introduced me to the, you know, the, you know, whatever. But so, uh, everything. Yeah. So, but anyway, we went to a concert in Cincinnati, Ohio. There were all these headliners there, and apparently, you know, you know, this is music in the '70s where the you know the promoter probably runs off the goddamn money. And by the way, you know. At that same concert, you're not gonna, you're you're gonna freaking you're gonna die when you hear was sung at this this concert. Oh shit! What's his name? He's he's a talk show out of Chicago, uh, Scummy's talk show where the you know the people beat each other on stage. Morton uh, Downey Jr. What's that? No 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 no, no, no. He, he's still around. Um, he was Springer? the he was he was the mayor of Cincinnati. Springer. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati. He sung freaking song at the beginning of this concert and again a lot of the acts i think kind of bailed because they were weren't getting paid and like three weeks later springer actually got kicked out of as being the mayor because he wrote a check from hooker newport kentucky uh <laughs> no I, i'm not making this up because newport was the place because you know i mean i was there you know <laughs> i've been to newport dad. right with your dad no no this was when i was oh okay this is not taped right uh <laughs> this is all tape sir this is <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I visited. As an aside, I visited Newport, and it was a it was a friendly place. Uh, but um, back in the day, La, La Mamselle or whatever, they they take you back to the jungle, and I never went because I didn't know what I found out what for five dollars. Yeah, but nonetheless, uh, forty years later, by the way, I'm in Newport, Kentucky, at Monmouth Avenue, which was a great place to be, and I'm eating at Graders with my family and going to the, the aquarium. But nonetheless. Jerry Reed was at this concert that, that Springer, you know, two weeks later had to resign as mayor because of writing a check to a hooker. Uh, Jerry Reed's awesome. I have totally fucking derailed this, haven't I? Yes, you have. What, what, what gave you that impression? Yeah. Well, but just Jerry Reed is for awesome. a second. Yeah, Jerry dad, Reed, he's a musician. I mean, a musician who also dabbled in movies. He had a lot of big hits. He's a, he was a country guy. He was a, I think he got to start just like as a Nashville studio musician. But he was out there with like uh, same era as like Waylon Jennings and those guys. Yeah, he he, he wrote songs actually for Elvis, uh, and uh, he he was not quite matched up Waylon, but he was actually one of the greatest country guitarists ever. Um, they and, call picker, right? What's that? He's one of the greatest pickers. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's right. And and he gave the concert. And my dad, who did not like Jerry Reed prior to that, was like, "Oh my God, this guy's awesome!" And he was. Jerry Reed's—he's a spectacular artist. Amos Moses, so many songs. I mean, uh, you know, the, you, you know, but when you're hot, you're hot. Which I don't consider one of his better songs. But I got Jerry that Reed, on my iPod. I love that song. Well, you're hot, Ken. So I am hot. hot. <laughs> well, he also did the classic. <laughs> Movie about divorce or song about yes. divorce. Yes. She got the gold mine and I got, got the, the shaft. shaft. He does another great song about smoking, and I can't remember the name of the song. Oh, really? Him. I wouldn't imagine why he'd do a movie about a song about smoking. Well, nobody <laughs> spoke to this movie. I mean, Sally Field was very adept at it. 
I'm sorry. I've got to shut up. <laughs> this is this is my goddamn thing. I'm sorry. I, hey man, <laughs> we 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 all have movies that define us, and and this is yours. So. <laughs> And you know what, but, but Jeff, sadly, I mean, Mark, like I said, when Mark said this, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to do this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And here you are. I'm 17 years old again. <laughs> <laughs> or 14, whatever matters. <laughs> There's certain key points. <laughs> my God. Uh, I gotta, I'm going to turn off myself for the rest of the night. Uh, <laughs> Let's you know Jerry Reed. He actually did other movies with uh, Burt Reynolds. Uh, I think two more Smokey and the Bandits. He did a couple of Smokey and the Bandits. He did. Uh, let's see what he did. He was a football coach in the uh, the uh, oh god, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Water Boy. Yes, he was a football coach. <laughs> I forgot about that. Also, he was in. Uh, he actually was the producer and was a, a character in the movie Bat 21, which is actually a pretty solid movie. Didn't know that. He died way too soon. Yeah. Love Jerry Reed. <laughs> well, I think uh, one other character I want us to make sure we talk. So we talked about, well, you know, we, we, we really didn't. We talked a little bit about Jackie Gleason. Um, but I just want to say, I mean, I. I can't imagine anybody, you know, a lot of times we get into, you know, who could play this role better. Uh, Jackie Gleason, I mean, truly embodied this role. And I I think that's what completely sells this movie. If you had anybody else in here, this would be, I think, almost a forgettable movie, even with Burt Reynolds, um, you know, talent. The two of them together, I mean, the, the interplay between the two of them and the writing in it, whether and if it's ad libbed, it's it is simply brilliant. Uh, and and you don't, I mean, you don't have enough of it. You have, you know, you have a lot of them kind of off screen uh, doing their own thing for the longest time. But when they're what 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 this show is about is the two of them when they are together, and when they are, it is superb. Agreed. Well, the thing about Jackie Gleason is, I mean, he he started working back in the forties. He was a comic. He was a singer. He did movies. He was very talented. And was, when TV came along, he did the uh, Honeymooners, which was, I mean, it's still seen as a classic comedy. He developed, you know, a repertoire of characters that he played that were very popular. And he also had his own uh, in the 60s, and I think in the early 70s. I can't remember exactly when it stopped, but in the 60s at least, he had a variety show, which he, you know, I, I just remember he was always smoking on it. I mean, I can remember seeing it at my grandmother's. And then, but the whole time, it wasn't like he, sh- he got shoehorned into anything. He would do a little this and do a little that. Did The Hustler with Paul Newman. Yes. Uh, I have seen and you know, I he mean, wrote I, music. He wrote music, Ken. Yeah, he wrote. I mean, I think on his TV show or maybe not, but he wrote music that was literally award-winning. He was incredible. I mean, this guy. When you think about how he started and you know what he did, he was an incredibly accomplished man. He was actually uh, uh, he was a big buddy of Richard Nixon. Nixon, I think, would go down to Miami and hang out with Jackie Gleason. Well, I mean, who wouldn't want to? Not, not me. I would love to. 
No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Um, I'd rather hang with Bert or Jerry, but, you know, Jackie's cool, too. No, he was awesome. I mean, I did, <clears throat> I did not appreciate him for the talent he was when I was a kid, because I, I was a kid. And, and again, in this particular movie, Reynolds was at his, at his, arguably his highest point, and it was all about Reynolds. You know, when I the movie, I didn't know who the hell sound like the old shit. I don't know Jerry Reed. I mean, Jerry Reed was God too, but uh, but Jackie Gleason, you know, to me was even when I watched it again, seventeen years old or, or eighteen or whatever. But uh, it was like, oh, okay, Jackie Gleason. But watching the movie now, I'm like, oh, it's his movie. It's Jackie. I mean. Reynolds is is the center point of the movie, and his charisma is just exudes. But Jackie Gleason stole the show. Yep. Well, another right. person I really enjoyed was was Fred. Are Bassett Hounds that freaking big? Yeah, it's pretty pretty big. He was bigger than excuse me. He was bigger than Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed was like, <laughs> you see Jerry Reed how he's straining? Like, <laughs> you see him trying to manhandle him out of the water? Yeah, he couldn't. <laughs> I think I think Mark can testify to you know the Basset Hounds can just sort of wander off and <laughs> just sit there yelping. You know they, they, that was a very realistic portrayal of a Basset Hound's life. Reynolds picked that Basset Hound, by the way. He picked because it. he was disagreeable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because if you said jump, he would sit. You know. <laughs> well, that's. A, I mean, you could have that's why Reynolds dog. picked it. The dog I mean, was an asshole. Any bad right. for that matter. But Mark, seriously, they're that freaking big. Yeah. Well, the 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 males can get big. Yeah. Well, that particular male was uh, particularly well endowed as well. So I noticed. Away. There we go. That's what she said. Yeah. That's so, she... so so what did you guys? So moving on, we I think we need to address. Two other actors, Sally Field, who just, there's just something fresh faced. And, you know, you just look at her and you go, yeah, she's just cute as a bug. She's a, she's a frog. She's hopping about. There's just, she's just, and they had a thing. Her and Kurt, her and Bert had a thing for four or five years. But there's, she, she was, uh, she was she perfect. Was 31. Yeah. But she was just perfect for this role. Yeah, she was 31. Reynolds was 41. And they were a thing for years. Yeah. Well, Reynolds just just recently, as two or three years ago, said that's his one regret in life. But they didn't ever get together in a more serious way. Whatever yeah, that means. She, she had, uh, I mean, she got started early in theater and TV and was actually starring in her own series back in the early 60s. Yep. So she was definitely known. She was a known quantity when this movie came along. But... I mean, this movie did sort of restart what had been sort of a dying career, I think. I don't think she was really doing much. And then after this, all through the 80s, she was doing a lot of good stuff. I mean, she did Absence of Malice. uh, Awesome movie. Norma Ray, Steel Magnolias. uh, Good movies. Reynolds was 41, Reed was 40, she was 31, and Gleason was 61, which is... Kind of scary to hear that, but uh, but you know that's what their ages were in that movie. But you know, I, I guess that's the thing about Sally Field. She's always got this look about her. This you know, she's perky, just cute, mm-hmm. and and she's just she exudes this bubbliness that plays really well in the movie off of Burt Reynolds. And 
they, you know, you could say, okay, was it an irrelevant female role? Well, he needed somebody to act against. He needed to have somebody in the car, just like Jackie Gleason said, you know, he needed to have um, somebody in the car with him. And Mike Henry, who's in the movie, who does a great job, huge character actor, was in a bunch of (coughs) James Bond movies, was Tarzan in the 60s was in Longest Yard. He played professional football for the Steelers and Rams. Does a great job as, as as Junior Justice. You know, I think that that was a really smart move on the whether it was the screenwriters or you know the actors in the case of of uh, Gleason saying I need you know you needed to have somebody to play off of or it would have been a much flatter movie. And both Sally Field with Burt Reynolds and Mike Henry with um, Jackie Gleason. They their roles are perfectly fit to the characters that they are, for lack of a better term, the straight man to. Well, you you mentioned Mike Henry, and uh, you know, I, again, before I saw the movie, I'm trying to recollect the guy, and I'm like, he looked like Clint Walker, and Ken yeah. might remember. You may, Mark, you may remember who Clint Walker was. Yeah, oh yeah. He he played. Dirty in, Dozen. In, what's that? Wasn't he in the Dirty Dozen? Yeah, well, Steve was, has a, a, a major he, he would, man crush on him. Oh, St- Steve likes Clint Walker? You He's know like what? Six, seven, He's right. a specimen of a man. Yes. Well, he, he had his own show in the seven, or in the 50s. Uh, again, being the Western nutbag I am, uh, he, would, he played in Cheyenne, which was a huge series. Again, before my time, uh, I'm, I'm still watching the, you know, Have Gun, Will Travel from the 50s, which even before me. But he played in uh, Cheyenne, and by the way, so did Mike Henry. Hmm. And he's he's almost a Clint Walker lookalike. You're right. Yeah. I got a, a question for Mark because I think Mark yeah. might have an opinion on this. You know, Sally Fields. I mean, she started in the '60s. She, I think, Flying Nun. Still doing yep. things. Yep. Uh, the last big movie that I can remember seeing her in was Spielberg's Lincoln. Did yep. you guys see her in that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I thought she did a very good job playing Mary, Crazy Mary. Yeah. By yeah. the way, that, that movie's not showing up on Netflix or anywhere else, has it? No. And she's still acting. She's in. She was in a, a Spider-Man 2 in 2014. Oh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Come on. I mean, you know, she's still doing, doing <laughs> TV mama. and movies. What? Somebody's chuckling here. <laughs> what when dirty mind do you think you have to say? Well, I, when I when I think of Sally Field <laughs> and Forrest Jump. Gump, I just remember that scene where, you know, the headmaster of the school comes out go. of a... <laughs> <laughs> Your mama just, sure loves you, boy. <laughs> just, <laughs> who, who was that headmaster, by the way? Oh, I don't know. I've seen him. It, in, I, he's been a lot of stuff, whoever it was. <clears throat> I, I know... Some people here have mixed opinions of Forrest Gump, but I like it. I was actually watching it at the gym just the other day. It's, it's always love entertaining it. to me. I love Forrest Gump. I, I, I adore that movie. If, it, if it's on TV, I'm, I'm locked down. I'm well, some people down. that don't that don't understand humor, um, I've, I've heard, don't don't appreciate that movie. But I don't think anybody on this podcast. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what. I think we've talked enough about the actors. It is now time to move on to one of our better parts of the show and that is brother what you drinking can we talk about the plot no uh, we're, you don't have to no no we're moving we're moving on to the drinking part oh okay. Muncie, shut up junior Sorry. get in the back Sorry. of the 
Yeah. I just yeah. thought we'd talk about the show. That's all. Never yeah. mind. Go yeah, on, we, Steve. We, we've been talking about the show for about, oh, gosh, let's see. Uh, all right. Well, one thing. <laughs> I love this movie. If I haven't said Steve, that already. Steve, let, let us do address one thing in this movie we haven't talked about before we get to beer in all seriousness. It is the whole, the whole stunt work, the car chases. I mean, this movie is built around. The, the only reason this movie exists is for watching, uh, you know, a Pontiac Trans Am trucks and Bonnevilles get totally destroyed. And the driving in this movie, the stunt work, I mean, the the leap over the bridge is still considered, you know, one of those cinematic moments. This movie, this movie just a Nile. If you if you were General Motors, you you got to definitely show off your product and it made bank for Pontiac. Or for Trans Am, for the Trans Am brand, um, or General Motors. Well, you know, I'm I think sure... that's one thing we should address: is this movie is a car movie. Well, I'm mm-hmm. sure this was an influence for the the Blues Brothers, wasn't it? Probably. If it well, was, it's it's if not directly, it's subconsciously. There well, was I, I... were like stolen from Blues Brothers, or I mean, ripped off by Blues Brothers. Yeah. All right. So okay. So Steve, we are on to what you drinking? Oh, and oh, it's my and cue. Steve, we are on to <laughs> oh, it's my cue. Oh, all right. There you go, guys. It is now time for brother. What you drinking? So let's see. What do we got? <clears throat> let's see who's on the uh, show right now. Um, all of us. <laughs> hey Jeff, what do you got? Jeff, hey, what do you? Hey, Steve. Jeff, what are you drinking, buddy? Well, Steve, you know, I'm glad you asked. Um, in honor of this great show tonight, um, and, and and a man that I have a uh, you know a small idol to in my uh, you know Buford T. Justice, I am uh, uh, I am I am I am drinking a uh, with a straw, a nice cold Dr Pepper. Are you having a Diablo sandwich with that? <laughs> well, hold the Diablo sandwich. Okay. You some bitch. How about some hush puppies? <laughs> oh man! Months after, months. I have to ask: Have you gone teetotal on us or what? I, I, I mean, in honor of the show, Steve. You know, all right. Just, that, just checking. He's in a god. He's in a goddamn hurry. Yeah. <laughs> you because know, last show you can I have some hush puppies. I have a question for you. After he orders his, you know, his uh, his sandwich and a drink, did he more than did he did he, would you say that he that he sashayed to the door or would you say that he flounced and minced to the door? Which one? I really didn't pay attention. He flounced and minced. I, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. All right, all right. There you go, Jeff. All right, thank you for the uh, Dr. Pepper review. Uh, Mark, you know it's it's you know it's cold, refreshing, bubbly. I might add, mm-hmm. you know, hint of sweet gets you on the sides of the cheeks. You know, not in the center of the mouth so much. That's why I like it. You know, all right, I mean? thanks. All right, that's good, Jeff. Uh, thanks, no, thanks. Doctor Pepper is some good stuff. That's you... good for your lower tract, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I stay regular with this stuff. <laughs> okay, moving on. It's the Pruno of uh, pop. Yeah. I'm no, just saying. not the right. matches Pruno. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You got to heave. <laughs> the heaving sound is appropriate for Pruno. All right, Mark, what do you got? Um, well, Guinness 
just released a new beer in the United States, although it's been in Europe for some time. It's called Guinness Antwerpen Stout. It was a, or is a, stout that post-World War II they brewed and shipped um, to Antwerp, Belgium. Uh, first brewed in 1944 for export from um, Dublin to Antwerp. It, it's a, first off, it's eight and a half, it's eight percent alcohol for a stout. Woo! It's very rich. It's um, a, sweeter than a, than a Guinness kind of a raisiny, smoky, chocolatey taste. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it, you know, I, I would recommend it. If you can find it, you should be able to. It's Guinness. Um, it's a four-pack of ten for 10 bucks. but I thought it's Guinness. I'll try it. Um, it's not, you know, if you're, you're mentally set up for Guinness Stout, it is not Guinness Stout. It is a diff, very different Guinness. So it's a little more richer, a little sweeter, but it's very, very tasty. Um, so it's called Guinness Antwerpen Stout. Uh, highly recommend it, and it is, um, it, as I said, it's a potent one at eight percent. So did you have to be a member of the OSS to get to get that back in the day? Yeah, you had to parachute in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, let's see. My turn. I am drinking the Necron Ninety Nine by my good and dear friends from the Three Floyds Brewing Company. Up in as the in, up as in, the, in Wizards, the movie Wizards, Necron ninety nine is in peace. Yes. It's like Warhammer forty k. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll I'll do a screenshot of the uh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I love it, Necron ninety nine. Is he got? Is he sitting on his little green dude? His little green horse? Um, uh, he's not. But there's. Oh my gosh! So no, Floyd's just got a new beer out, huh? Yeah, ninety nine, and it is. Hold on, I got this written down because I couldn't see. Uh, it is 7.3% ABV by volume. The IBUs are 61, which I, I'm kind of calling bullshit on it, but that's okay. So what is it? Is it a, it is a Scottish, it's, it's a Scottish ale. Okay. Scottish ale. It's very nice. Like it. The, uh, artwork's really nice. Um, I'll, I'll get the label peeled off and, uh, put it on the website, but, uh, it's good stuff. I like it. Very nice. You know, say Steve, don't you? If it's all Scottish, it's crap. <laughs> you know, I expected a little more reviews on the, uh, you know, the Scottish fitness thing that I put up there. I was very disappointed. But Frank, thank you for uh, following up. I appreciate that part. Scottish fitness? I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not a big guy who checks stuff out. So, well, you know, there. if you if you actually, as part of the podcast, followed our Facebook page, you, you would actually see it. <laughs> Whoa! <but that's>, wow! Some of us don't have access to the comments. Too. <laughs> oh, oh. Yes, you Man, do. Me. You have to. I, it doesn't really matter. I'm an idiot. I would not do it anyway. So forget it. <laughs> That bitch slap provided you know, to you. Bye. Don't don't waste your time on me. Anyway, that, let, right. Let's move on to Ken. Brian, no. what are you drinking? Yeah. Uh, I'm giving my eye blink Morse cord right now because you know, you know, I'm not drinking anything. I'm drinking water. <laughs> Is blink, nobody blink. drinking a damn chorus tonight? Are you kidding me? No yeah. shit. Sorry. I'm gonna no. diet, man. Huh? I've, lost, I've lost 20 freaking pounds the last three weeks, just for the okay. record. Congratulations. That's awesome. Dysentery will do that to you. <laughs> it will. You inspiring me. There's really shit everywhere, but yeah. 
Okay. Well, there you go. So, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously the Pruno's not working, and uh, Brian's not drinking anything. So, ladies and gentlemen. It's now Rachel. time for Catching Up with Ken. Sorry. A sound clip. It's back. There you go. See? It was a little choppy, but I'm sure it'll, it'll be better in the future. I hope so. Uh, two major highlights, uh, both on Saturday nights, the prior two Saturday nights. Two Saturday nights ago, a friend of mine <laughs> recently made partner in her law firm that she works at, wow. which is a big deal. And so her husband wanted to throw her a party in her favorite place. So he rented out the bar at Indiana Grand Casino. And about 100 of her friends went down to the casino and drank and had food and mingled and mixed. And as a part of the deal, the casino threw in 25 bucks of casino cash for everybody to get us all cooking on the slots. And so I walked away with about $150 net more than I walked in with. So I'm happy. One of the other guys won 960 and the other one won like 875. So we had some winners, mostly losers, but you know, that's how the house works. Uh, but a fun time and uh, a, a different kind of party. I've never been to a party at the casino before. Last Saturday night, I had my bar of the month club gathering down at Livery, a new restaurant bar downtown. Uh, small plate, interesting food. I had some empanadas and some, uh, Blue cheese polenta, which I love blue cheese and I love polenta. So, like, it was a match made in heaven. The place was packed. Uh, they're having that devour downtown meal deal thing going. And you combine that with the fact it's just a new spot that's got a good vibe. It was packed. And I'm, I'm going to be back there in a couple days for meeting some other friends for dinner. Uh, so I can put in a plug for you guys that are in Indy. If you haven't been to Livery, Stop by. It's right on College by Massachusetts Avenue. Uh, certainly a good spot. That's about it in terms of new places I've been, in terms of what am I drinking. I've been drinking. Actually, I started early tonight because I got home and trying to uh, live through a game of Stellaris. I fired that up, and I started drinking my homemade, self-infused vanilla vodka and Diet Coke. So I've had several glasses of that. Nice tall glasses, too. How's that helping you with your um, space domination? Well, I fired up a new game because I keep getting crushed. And uh, so far, so good. Well, good. Yeah, that game will make you drink. Yes, it, it will. will. <clears throat> yes, yes, it will. So, it's a tough yeah, game. If, any, if anybody's playing and wants to join us, let us know. <laughs> we're trying. We're going to get another game together because we've only tried three of these and gotten stomped. Yeah, I will put in a plug for it's a... If, if any listeners are into, like, science fiction, galactic conquest-type games, Stellaris by Paradox, available on Steam, is a pretty cool little game. I think it's nice. Uh, we'll see where it leads to. So that's it for me. Nice. Any trivia in this we want to talk about? If we want to do clips, we have to move on. Oh, we have clips? <laughs> we have clips. For the first time in months... And I want to thank Steve for his dedication in getting that That's back right. on because it's been frustrating. 
No, I felt like one of like Arthur's nice looking for the fucking grail on this thing. So, <laughs> so, so you look, you're, you're sitting there. Your beard was long and gray. You're haggard. Pretty much. Actually, no. It, my beard was pretty uh, close, close trim, but I was drunk most of the time. So, so we'll see how the clips come out. All right, let's see. Uh, number one. Yeah. Placing you under arrest for transporting alcoholic beverages across state lines without proper permits. And that means you dumb cowboy. You know trucking Coors beer east of Texas is bootlegging. This here's Georgia, son. Sets up the whole premise of the movie. There you go. You guys heard that okay, right? Yeah. The the only thing is, is they reference, he references the southern, um, what was it, uh, I don't think he said the Southern 500, but it was thing about the Southern race. And there's no freaking race in 77. And and by the way, I would know this because I actually cared at the time. <laughs> uh, there's no there's no race there. I mean, the, the the Southern 500 was in Carolina. So, just saying. What I want to know is where can I go see semi trucks racing? That's what I want to see. Okay. You could see it back in the day. Yeah, why not now? I want to see it now. That's back before your day, Jeff. Number two. (laughs) Oh, I love your suits. It must be a bitch getting a size 68 extra fat and a 12 dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Pat McCormick, Pat McCormick, who was big, you know, the big guy. Big Big Yes. He actually, and Mark, you probably read this because you, you kind of research this stuff pretty well. Actually, you all do. But wasn't he in, like, Harvard Law School at one point? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was He was no slouch on many levels. Well, and he was a huge comedic writer. I mean, uh, most any big comedian in the 60s, 70s, probably early 80s, McCormick was writing all their stuff. or write, Not writing all. He was writing a lot of stuff for him because he was really an offbeat sort of guy. You know, sadly, well, the, the other one was Paul Williams, Little Enos. I mean, not only an actor, but an accomplished musician. Oh, freaking Paul Williams is, he's a monster songwriter. Yeah. yeah. All well, time. I can remember back in the 70s, you know, I would stay up late to watch Johnny Carson, and he was always on Johnny Carson. He oh, was yeah. a major, major singer and actor. He was yes. in, uh, oh, shoot, uh, The Cheap Detective. Well, he was in yeah. a certain movie that we'll mention later, or a certain TV series. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but McCormick was uh, he, he was like one of Carson's favorites. But he was never he never quite broke through as a big time comic. But he was a hell of a writer for comics. Yep. Sadly, he lost his voice when he had a stroke. What I don't know, two thousand two or ninety eight or something like that. And you know, but good dude, six six seven two seventy something like that. Wow. Mm. Big guy. He was actually a big, big dude. All right, let's see. Number three, I call this one, Don't Give Me Those Negative Waves, Moriarty. <laughs> I wonder if you're going to say something about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You mean to tell me we're going to drive from here to Texarkana, Texas, and back to here in 28 hours? It's only 900 miles there and 900 miles back. Well, for your information, that ain't never been done, not no rig. That's because you and I ain't never done it in no rig. you got to stop thinking so negative, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, back in that period of time, there was a guy named Glenn W. Turner. Um, and my parents, 
made a certain amount of money, and it was a pyramid scheme, basically. But it was. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to realize, Brian, your family was a, was some gypsies, tramps, and thieves, right? Or Brian, well, no, actually, no, or maybe, maybe uh, but. Uh, well, wait, the point your is, family's theme song, Warren Zevon's sending lawyers guns and money. Well, the, the funny thing about Glenn W. Turner, he was a hair lip dude. So he would give these lectures. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not making any of this shit up. So he would give these lectures about positive thinking, right? And Coscott. Coscott was the name of the company. By the way, I went to freaking Disney before there was a Disney. It was, it, was, it was a nightmare trip, but you know, that's another thing. But uh, I was at Disney for a Coscott convention Glenn W. Turner spoke at. He got sued for a pyramid scheme, and F. Lee freaking Bailey, F. Lee Bailey <laughs> defended you know this dude in Greenfield, Indiana. Swear to God. My parents drove up for the trials. So, but that was the, that was the 70s, like, Positive thinking, you know, it, it was it was the kind of redneck counterpart to the you know positive waves California bullshit. But you know, there we go. <laughs> okay, all right. This this next flip is called "What the fuck did he just say?" Hey, you got peanut butter something in your ears? Tell me what that woman's got on. Her mind? <laughs> Ten four. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's I, I get that. That's total redneck. I understand that. <laughs> I speak jive. Yeah, it's like cool. what the fuck? I love it. Perfect. What, what did he just say? <laughs> All right, let's see. Next, come on back, Brecker. Bandit, I've got a smoky report for you. Come on. Well, talk to me, good buddy. You got trouble coming. Well, what's your handle, son? And uh. What's your 20? My handle's Smokey Bear, and I'm tail grabbing your ass right now. <laughs> well, there, there goes my closing line. <laughs> By the way, seriously, <laughs> did anybody else have a CB radio who had a handle? Ken did. He says he doesn't remember it. Uh, uh, my dad did, and I don't remember his. Your dad was like an executive, right? No. I thought he was an executive sort no, of guy. No, he just—he was just a. Well, he was—he was—he was in management for General Motors. He's an executive. He wore no, a white shirt. No, not white shirt. Well, white shirt that had to deal with dealers. So you can imagine what that was like. All right. <laughs> Nothing like repossessing an entire dealership. <laughs> All right. Wow. Next one. Come on back, Brecker. Oh, sorry. Well, never mind. Oh, got the wrong one. I forgot to click over. All right, next. Next clip. Helps if you hit the right button. I know. I hey. Hey, we 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 love you and respect you for the shit you have to put up with. It's been a long fucking day. This is about as complicated as that that CB channel code thing that Bandit and Snowman worked out in the in a right. Day. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty Honestly, much. You, you think I'm going to bitch at anybody because I just figured out how to use Skype? <laughs> you know, <laughs> last year. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. Nobody. 
Nobody makes Sheriff Buford T. Justice look like a possum's becker. Except for that. Get your ass. <laughs> you know, we never we never talked about the car. <laughs> no, was that a was that a Bonneville or what? Was it? Yes, it was a Bonnie. I it mean, Bonneville. the transformation that car was its own character. I mean, <laughs> by the end of that movie, it was dragging. It was dragging a door behind it. Lost a wheel. Yeah, you know, we we had an yeah. Oldsmobile eighty eight when I was a kid. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Here we go. I bought an Oldsmobile 88. Seriously? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We had one, and, you know, there was a lot of tar back in the roads those days. And so, you know, tars get up, you know, know, under the wheel wheels and shit like that, and, uh, you know, on the the car itself. And so I, I would wash every car we had, like, five times a week, literally, every day. And and the trucks, a weekend, change tires, all that kind of shit. Yeah, I was kind of a slave, if you will. But nonetheless. Uh, an indentured servant. Come on now. Uh, yeah, I was. That's what kids are for until I've got kids, and they're like, Dad, what the fuck are you going to do for me? Excuse my French. Uh, nonetheless. Uh, but, you know, Brian, I used but, to run and get cigarettes for my mom. That's yeah. mean. Yeah. But, you know, we had tar over this car. Here, go away. And I'm like, I can't get the freaking tar off of this goddamn sponge. So I'm like, I'm going to take this SOS pad. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, th- this SOS pad is awesome against the tar. It would be really great for the whole car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't making this up. So I washed the whole Oldsmobile 88 with an SOS pad. <laughs> Oh, it took the shine right off, didn't it? Well, it no, I, you know, I spray it down, and it's like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, so I, go in the, I go in the house. I go in the house. A couple hours later, Dad gets home. The car, the car looks like somebody's like, fuck. I honestly expected to get beat to death. <laughs> Not that my dad, he, 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 he you know. My dad, he just give you an ugly glance and it beat you to death. But I'm like, he's going to beat me to death. He can give you an ugly glance. Now, just, just, for, just a couple years later, I went over and put him in the hospital for a few weeks. But that's another story. But <laughs> racing motorcycles. But that's a, that's actually an awesome story, by the way. But, 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 but I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a fucking dead man. And... I don't know what ever happened. And I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't remember if we ever fixed the car because I destroyed it. I destroyed an Oldsmobile '88. I destroyed well, it. Look, well, Dad. And for what it's, for I, what I'm what still it's living worth, here to talk about it. For what it's worth, we had a uh, Valiant station wagon back in those days. my grandfather, so he passed down. But he worked on a. He worked out at a plant out on the west side, mm-hmm. and the. <laughs> Stuff that came out of the smokestacks ate the paint off the car. <laughs> so it had like patches of rust where the paint was totally gone, and then like this cruddy green stuff where it wasn't. But we need to finish up clips and get this thing back on track. Again. <laughs> Are we all just rednecks, or what's the deal here? Oh, I'm not a redneck. I'm I'm very sophisticated in cosmopolitan. 
Steve, <laughs> save us. You're our only hope. <laughs> I think you will. <laughs> okay. And, and moving on to our next clip. The fact that you are a sheriff is not germane to the situation. The goddamn Germans got nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, Steve, I'll scratch that off my list, too. <laughs> All right, next. Daddy, the top came off. No shit. <laughs> By the way, did you see that dude throw the throw the freaking door in the box seat of the car? <laughs> I mean, I don't care if it's made out of rubber. That's a shit ton of weight. Yeah. All right. Uh, one of my favorite ones here. Let's see. Bandit, this here is the grave robber. Put the pedal to the metal, good buddy, and we'll hold this county mountain as long as we can. Come on. Oh, go, girl, go! I'm going, I'm going. I got the metal to the pedal and the thing to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Ken's intro. (laughs) There you go. All right, let's see, next one. I saw that, you son of a bitch! You did that on purpose! You're going to wait in your grave! I got the evidence. Put the evidence in the car. But, but, you, but put the evidence in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that is some of the best angry acting. Put the evidence God. in the car. Oh, shit. That's, oh. Oh. He's, he's a New Yorker, which is funny when you think about it. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. That is it with uh, Clips. I am very proud that I was actually able to bring clips into the show. And now is time for the top ten movies of 1977. Ken? I'd be happy to talk about them. We've actually talked about this year before because we've actually reviewed movies from this year before. Mm. But starting out, uh, at number ten is Annie Hall. Woody Allen. Never seen it. Diane Keaton. You're not a Woody Allen fan? Well, I'm actually not either. He's done some stuff I like. I could make my comment that Woody Allen is, but I won't. Next is, uh, number nine, is a movie about Bond, James Bond, the spy who loved me. Was that Boar still? Yes. Yeah. It's the one with... uh, uh, Barbara Bach. Yeah, Barbara Bach, Kurt Juergens. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Is Barbara Bach married to Rico Starr? Or is that am I getting her mixed up? To who? Ringo. <laughs> Was Barbara Bach married to Ringo Starr? Or I right? think so. I yeah, believe you're right. correct. Yeah, I think so. Uh, next at number eight, a movie I saw in the theater, and I was there's a there's a couple things I took away from it, you know, with you know, fond memories, and that movie would be The Deep. Jack of oh. the their T-shirt. There were a couple things he took away with fond memories. Yeah. Memories, memories, memories. Great memories. Nick Nolte was in it, too, I think. Yeah, Yeah, Nick Nolte and uh, Lou Gossett was the the heavy. I think think Nick Nolte got his eyes put out. (laughs) Well, those things are... Those pointy things are dangerous. (laughs) Particularly in the water. Yeah. Eli Wallach. My God, Eli Wallach was in that movie. And Robert Shaw. Oh, my God. It it, it had star power. And, again, it was a major movie at the time. I mean, it doesn't really hold up that well now. But in its its day, it was certainly good. 
Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Shaw's heart might have exploded either that movie or or, or uh, Navarone Force Ten or whatever it was. Force Ten for Navarone. Yeah, because that that was all around the same time. <clears throat> he died. He was only like 55, but he died. Yeah, Force Ten was like in the early 80s. I think Steve, don't Steve, don't you own Force Ten for Navarone? I own Force Ten from Navarone. I love that's that a man. Movie. That's a man cave movie. Love that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. And by the way, uh, who's the other Brit in that movie? Uh, oh shoot, Force Ten. Uh, Ken's double. Who? Yeah, him. Kim's doppelganger. Well, the, the, he 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 played in the only decent Day of the Jackal movie because the other Bruce Willis movie is a piece of shit, but. The Day of the Jackal, 1968-1972, when it was made, is an awesome freaking – it's a Freddie Forsyth novel. And uh, that's an awesome man cave movie, by the way. Uh-huh. And by the way, it has the uh, the bad dude from uh, from the James Bond movie who was launching the space shuttle, uh, was the bad French dude. But he was also the dude in um, – oh, shit uh, – De Niro and Jean Reno – which is an incredible movie. You guys just reviewed it not that long ago. Uh, Ronan. Ronan. He was yeah. the uh, he was the, the guy who, who treated uh, uh, De Niro. And yes. An actor. He's an incredible actor. Yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted. No, that's a movie we should talk about someday. It is a good. I mean, uh, you Day guys did Jackal. you did Ronan? Day of the Jackal. I'm talking about. That's a great uh, movie. At number seven. Speaking of man cave movies, A Bridge Too Far. It's a good flick. A great flick. A classic. Mm-hmm. Yes. We reviewed that several years ago. Yep. At at number six. Uh, speaking <clears throat> of the seventies and pop phenomenons, George Burns and John Denver in Oh God. One of the saddest photographs I've ever seen in my life was a high school photograph where I looked at John Denver. Sorry. You look like John Denver. Yeah, was, you know, back before I looked like Hulk Hogan, or not Hulk Hogan, but uh, George the Animal oh, Beast. Okay. I'm more like George the Animal Beast these days. Lots of hair and just ugly as shit. Thank God you're a country boy. <laughs> you know what? That's hot back in the country, just for the record. I know that. <laughs> that, up five. that. That hair keeps you warm. At number five, uh, in addition to the CB fever wave, you had disco fever sweeping the nation in 1977, and it was uh, highlighted in Saturday Night Lo- Saturday Night Fever. What there was my prom date. Guess what her last name was? I wouldn't Stroke know. Stroke off? No, I grew up in the country. Think about it. Way, way deep in the country. Her last name was Miller. Oh. oh great! And she was blonde. No she relation. No, no relation at all. Uh, uh, pr- probably, but we, we we went to the prom and we looked like twins. And I'm like, this is kind of screwed up. But, <laughs> but we weren't related, so far as I know. Well, but that has nothing to do with Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever is a movie that made John Travolta got him going on to be the fixture that he is today. At number, what was it, uh, number four, a forgettable movie, The Goodbye Girl. I liked it. I still say it's forgettable because I forgot about it. Yeah, Marsha Mason was in uh, Heartbreak Ridge. 
Yes, she was. Did you guys Heartbreak do? Bridge? Have you done Heartbreak Bridge? No. It's an awesome movie. It's a good movie. It's a good Clint Eastwood movie mm-hmm. with the Ayatollah of rock and roll. At number three. <laughs> uh, a major science fiction hit. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Muncie, Indiana. Indianapolis All Airport. State. Opening scene, Indianapolis Airport. Yep. Great movie. Yes. Yeah, it, it's actually a hell of a movie. To this day, my brother-in-law and I will sculpt our mashed potatoes into... <laughs> <laughs> Ken, you should see my garage. <laughs> Don't I'm waiting. I, I, I'm waiting. They're <laughs> going to pick me up eventually. Where the, uh, where the aliens come? <laughs> or, or for the rednecks. Whatever. Okay. At number two, at $126 million, which was big, big bank back in those days, <clears throat> Smokey and the Bandit, the movie we're discussing. Wow. Again, you... you this movie was a phenomenon. Yep. And in the summer of 77, it was, for a while, dueling neck and neck with number one, a little movie, you Happy know, it, all- called Star Wars. Oh. Yeah, it was the number one movie, but Smokey and the Bandit really gave it a run for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another, another cool movie that was out that year was The Duelists. Yes. Did yep. you that? We reviewed that. We did that. Oh, you yeah. did that? That was oh, out yeah. that same year. Yeah, actually, so, we did that. So was, the happy, so was the Happy Year Goes to Washington, but, you know, I saw that in Cincinnati, but, you know. Wow. Good movie. <laughs> nice. So was Young Lady Chatterley. And... And moving on. Keep going, Steve. And moving on. <laughs> there we go with I, the... I, I could give you details. I mean, <laughs> no, that's good. Going, that's you, know, you, know, you know, Batman was in the second movie, just for the record. <laughs> that may be a Bengal tiger over there, but do not look in the eye. <laughs> All right, I, 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 I could go deep into this. Oh, God. <laughs> Steve, you got to just keep walking, okay? This is the trick. You just have to keep going. Yeah. Put your head down and keep talking. <laughs> I, right? I, I could go Deep, Chatterbox, Happy Hooker, Rabbit, Steve, 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 Thank God to the review of this great and fantastic film. And you know what? Brian, take it away. It's got to be Brian. Brian, Brian. go. He hasn't said anything about this movie yet. Seriously. Yeah, right. Seriously, me? Yeah. Yeah, you. Uh, I'll I'll keep it short. Like, (laughs) Uh, really? Oh, my God. I can't believe you said that. Why? Did you say that? Uh, <laughs> Why well, start now? Oh, God, I mean, I mean, again, you know, I said this before. Uh, you know, when Mark Mark first said like let's do smoking a band, I'm like, oh God, this is this is bad memories from the past sort of thing. And uh, I'm like, this is going to suck. It's going to be awful. I mean, you know, I, I've grown up since then, and 
Uh, apparently, I haven't. But <laughs> you've gone around the sun a few more times. That's about it. Yeah, I have, and you know, whatever. But <laughs> this movie holds up. It it. I'm stunned. It actually. It, it it's arguably a period piece. Again, as I've said, it's a period piece to me that is not 1977. It's actually more like 1972, 1973. But it it, it kind of got the whole culture that was going on there. And you know, Ken talked about this. I mean, we all had CB radios. I mean, the, the CB radios were the internet before the internet. And and it's I mean, and, and this was when Burt Reynolds was in heyday. You know, absolutely breaking all the rules, looking at the camera, you know, winkings, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sally Fields was, you know, she just kind of entered in. Jerry Reed, who's a god, you know, nonetheless. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic movie. It captured the time. Uh, and, uh, and again, it, it actually holds up, which surprises me. It's, it's a stunt movie with great one-liners. That's what it is. But it's perfect, I mean, for the time. So I'm done. Bye. What are you giving it as a score? You know, I could be a little bit. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> I stated previously that when I die, you've heard this before. I wanted you to put the god awful movie we did a couple weeks or some time back. The oh shit, the whole movie. The Rock. The Rock. Because I just wanted to feel like you know I got two hours to live. I wanted to feel like ten. That said, <laughs> what I want is to take tube tops and find some <laughs> truck stop women and put them by my bedside, and it's like the perfect death. I'm done. <laughs> tube tops forever. Uh, do you do you have that in your wills in case we forget that little? Do they make those fucking things anymore? I I'm you know down on the south side of Indianapolis they they. They stock. They, Jeff, they should. They That's should. <laughs> the population certainly the population count. The population count would go out the roof. Just <laughs> done. Done. <laughs> God, I hope nobody ever listens to this. It stopped listening twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Thank God. Jeff, what do you think? I, I, <laughs> Words I, can't begin. I, I I still hold that the writing in this movie is 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 just I I can only imagine it was it was either it was done over either a lot of beer a lot of course or um, or some some people were seriously high when they wrote this movie uh, but it's 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 the reason you watch this um, it, I'm still going back to Brian and his period his comment to know that. You know, during a time period I lived in, we are now. You know, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a fun. It is a seriously fun movie and perfectly <laughs> cast. It's a small cast, small small cast. Um, a lot of you got like the main characters, and then you don't have second level characters. It's pretty much you've got you know, you know, third level characters and. You know, you know the bikers and you know people that kind of come to the to the aid of Smokey and, um, but it's it's a small cast um, and they all play well off each other. 
perfectly cast. I mean, this this movie nails a lot of things right. The casting, the writing, um, in it's it it you feel like you are in a a high speed chase and pursuit and kind of you know race across the country. Um, it and it it is I think it's just well paced too. I don't think there's really much downtime. Assuming you know you because you're so back and forth between all the characters. I thought I thought it was just fantastically well done movie. Um, I give it a solid eight and a half. Wow! Throwing down the gauntlet. Did Brian ever give it a number? <laughs> I somehow avoided it. <laughs> I'm setting the bar. Go below if you need to. Can you asking me? Yeah, Brian, you got to give it a number. That's part of the rules. I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay. Ooh, Ooh. I, that's what I predicted. It, it's it, oh really? <laughs> it's 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 an important movie to me. <laughs> As it turns out, it's a formative movie. I, th- I thought I was past it, Mark. I swear to God, thought I was over it, but I'm not. All right, Ken, what do you think? Well, I'll uh, you know to wrap it up. It was an important movie in its day. It, it caught the you know a couple streams of pop culture and sort of locked it in, so people like Brian and myself, to some degree, can wallow in our youth. Uh, it is well written. And a lot, I mean, it's also got a lot of good, what I understand was just spontaneous, improvised lines. It is stolen by Jackie Gleason. Not that the other characters aren't great. I mean, I love, you know, Sally Field was good in her role. Uh, I love, you know, I love Jerry Reed. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry with Brian. I, he's a great singer and all, and he's, he's a charismatic guy. Got a, got a distinct voice. Uh, and I, and, you know, Burt Reynolds, Obviously, it was at his prime at this point. It's a simple-minded movie, but it was just a, I mean, it was a summertime, go to the drive-in with your friends and watch sort of movie. It it did great. Uh, now, you know, when we went to watch it today, I said at the start, I, I went into this thinking, oh, this isn't probably going to hold up, but it holds up just fine. Uh, but you got to look at it as sort of a historical artifact. I mean, obviously, this is depicting a bygone era. It's 40 years old. Having said all that, I'm going to give it a solid seven. Not and keep in mind when I say a th- when I say six, I'm saying six is I like it. Seven is I like it pretty much. I'm not going to say I love it, but I like it. It's a good movie. And if you haven't seen it for a while or you've never seen it, watch it. It's fun. Cool. Nice, Mark. You know, just to echo what everybody else said, it, it's a great slice of life. It's a ton of fun. You can rent it on Amazon. Um, I highly recommend it. I think one thing we forgot to mention that it, it gets in your head and is one of those good songs that gets in your head is Jerry Reed's um, theme for this, Westbound and Down. And, you know, Hal Needham said, you know, when he first heard it, don't you change a damn word in this song. And it fits perfectly for the whole it, it sums up the whole movie um, in, in a song, and it's a fun, bouncy song that's great. It, it's just, you know, it's I, it's a part of pop culture, and it's really a part of Americana for for the the seventies. Um, it, it, it sums up a lot of kind of that era. And I remember real quick when I was in high school, my senior year, 
the juniors and sophomores and freshmen all had to take some tests. So they loaded all of us seniors into the theater and showed us this movie on a big screen. Um, it's like, great. I can sit here and watch this. And I recalled that watching this movie. It, it's just, it's just fun. It's rentable on, on Amazon for three Um, I think everybody said their piece about it and I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it a, for just grins and giggles, a seven and three quarters. It's, it's fun that that's where i am it's fun okay well i'll tell you what i i'm kind of echoing what mark said i kind of appreciate this for the era uh i'm a few years you know behind mark i enjoyed it had a cb i can appreciate a lot of this stuff so i i'm I'm gonna give it a seven seven point five so steve what was your what was your handle my handle was Cousin Duck. Right? Cousin Duck? Cousin Duck. Okay, that's cool. Works. Well, it was bestowed on me. I have no idea where it came from. So, But, but the irony is, the irony is, so many back in that time had a CB. Our grandparents or our parents had a, you know, scanner. And we had a handles. It's... People can't really, I mean, you, you, you know, people may post things on the Internet today, and they may have, you know, names that they use the Internet rather than their own names. But we all had we all had handles, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. Any closing comments on this great and fantastic film? Um, checklist. Oh, the checklist. Holy shit. <laughs> My God. All right, guys, I'm very excited because we got clips. All right, number one. Did anyone jump out of a window? Um, oh, I don't think so. No, um, no. I feel like somebody should have been out of a window. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. people climbed out of car windows, but nothing. Did did when he got into a fight in the bar? Did he? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, wooden doors. All right, nice try, Mike. By, by, the, by the way. No, we have to move on. We have to move. We have to read my. <laughs> Jeff? Love, loved it when he ran over the motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. That does. <laughs> oh, God. We have to get a taser. <laughs> we have to get a taser on Brian. All right. Next. If you want him, come and claim him. Was there an irrelevant female role in this movie? No. 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 I'm going to say no. There's a lot of female roles that were just sort of walk on and walk off. Yep. But and usually people helping the bandit out. Right. But they weren't irrelevant. No. All right. Let's see. Number three. Son of a bitch must pay. Was there a son of a bitch in this movie, and did he pay? Now, Little Enos was pretty much an SOB, but he didn't pay. Well, actually, he did pay. He was whipping bills off that wad. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 car, speedier but, but he bet he betted on the bandit in the end. Yep. He did. All right, let's see. Next. <laughs> was there a Wilhelm scream in this movie? No. <laughs> How long has it been? It's been a while. Jesus. Yeah, and this movie nope. lent itself to a Wilhelm Scream. It sure yeah. did. It sure did. 
Somebody going into a pond or back of a well, semi-truck. Well, you, you would have thought Hal Needham might do it, I mean, as a new director, just as a kind of a, you know, handoff, but he didn't. All right, next one. Is it, what's her name? Uh, could the female role be better played by Tanya Katane? No. 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 Okay. I really, I really like her. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> Was there a montage in this movie? I, Jeff? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to throw this out there. I, I feel like when... Uh, Jerry Lee is driving his truck in the beginning, kind of the movie, kind of setting this tone of, of, you know, long hauling across, you know, the country, that it was sort of montage-ish. I'll throw it out there. I, I agree with you. That first leg driving out to Texarkana, they covered a lot of territory with just a few little scenes of, you know, going around a curb, going through the rain. Yeah, that, that was a montage. That, that's when they were westbounded down before they were eastbounded down. Eastbounded yeah. down. All, all the ba- all the drama occurred on the eastbound run. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you. They're not going to shoot you going down, down the mountain. mountain. Nice. You all right. got to do money. All right. There you go. Last and certainly not least. And so it begins. Was there a Battle of Five Rifles? Mark, Mark found it. I'm going to give him the credit. Oh, he didn't need it. I, the, the, sorry. I'm sorry. We, oh, we, it's, it's, it's clear. Premature there. Okay. Yes. Right. Go on. Steve, it, it, please continue. Was there a Babylon 5 reference in this movie? I believe we, most of us know who it is. By all Mark, means. Mark, go ahead. You, you, you found it before oh. I did. Give you the credit. The latest. You guys know who it is, Paul? Williams. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. He was the uh, the, the oh yeah, yep. Paul William played Talk mm-hmm. in Acts of Sacrifice, which I think was season one or two. Who was the translator for yep. the alien who wanted to have quote unquote sex with Commander Ivanova? Oh, there was no yeah, quote unquote. He wanted the banger. That all oh, yeah. well played, well, Mark. Season two, because that's when Bruce Brock Boxleiter showed up. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. season two. So, awesome. yeah. but, he he stole that episode. He was great. Yeah, he was funny. Yeah, yeah, and he knew what was going on. Nice. Well, Williams is an interesting guy because I think I think he's fought some addictions. I think, um, and uh, he's a brilliant. Oh my god! I mean, look at his look at his song. It's off the charts. He's written oh, yeah. some incredible songs. Yeah, he he's a pretty amazing guy. Yeah. All right, that's that's it for the checklist, right? I believe yes. so. Yeah. I think we can wrap it up. I think right. we covered this movie pretty well. We did. All right, three, two, one. All right, folks, that's it with the uh, checklist of the Man Cave Movie Review, and that is it with the Man Cave Movie Review episode one ninety nine. Oh, good God! My gosh. Can you believe it's here? It's like herpes. It's here. <laughs> wow. It's, it's like herpes. It's here. It's going away. Yeah. 
<laughs> Ain't no cure. Ain't no cure. Can't make it stop. It hurts yeah. when you pee. Yeah. Th- thanks, folks, for uh, guys for. Uh, you know, making the show sound like a venereal disease, but that's all right. <laughs> so <laughs> wait till the next podcast. Wait, till, yeah, there you go. Oh, so there you go, folks. We're on episode one ninety nine. Uh, stay tuned for us on our next show, and you know what it is. <laughs> you know, and you know, and 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 the person that really you know brought it to our attention, you know, oh, was God. the last one. Oh, God. Last one on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah, honest to God, seriously. When, yeah. I, when, I, when yeah. I said freaking Zardoz, you know, ten years ago, I'm like, who the hell's? I, I'd never freaking seen the movie. <laughs> Make reference to it. And, all and you guys time. are like Zardoz, and I'm like, nobody's ever seen this movie. <laughs> I mean, you, sir, are who the hell watches ass. this goddamn movie? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean. Connery, you know, or red shorts, and I get the, you know, some ladies might, you know, oh, whatever. But Sardas, <laughs> how the hell did we end up here? I have you a know, technical question to ask, which is, I don't think it's streaming or anything. Can I come and see it with somebody? Anybody got it? I can't. <laughs> it should be streaming. We can't find it anywhere. Like a disease. <laughs> We can't. No, we're going to ask about him. Nobody can find. Steve and I may. Excuse me. I won't speak for Steve. Steve, do you own it? I own it. You you can run (laughs) it. You can run on on Amazon. I may. It's on Amazon? Yeah. Being the. Let me order it then. Being the culture, deep thinking sort of guy that I am, I may surprise you. (laughs) Just saying. I'll tell you what. I will will send you all PayPal. The the rental the, the rental for this just hey you know what we we were, we we were talking about this shit for like like four years ago it was a joke and now we hear at episode two hundred and it's like the apocalypse is upon us it, it, it kind of is it a kind of is Steve. <laughs> Nope. We thought we would get here. You, nobody well, sure as hell thought we would. Nobody sure as hell thought we would. Well, Ken didn't think we Ken didn't think we were going to get past two shows, but. It was on Turner Classic Movies two, three months ago. And I stayed Cla- up to. Classic is a relative term same. on Turner Classic Movies. Well, I, I, stayed up till, I stayed up till fucking six o'clock in the morning to watch that movie. And okay. uh, <laughs> just, just after I, I watched the, the Raid of the Giant Pineapples, but right after that. <laughs> Just okay, saying, I, I'll tell you what. Right now, it sounds like life. Brian and I are the only ones that actually watch this movie. <laughs> you know what? Uh, maybe you two should just do the podcast. It's the first time. Hey, Steve, do you ever take your hat off, by the way? You know, bandit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's up to you guys. I will be. I will. I will do the show by myself. I, I'm good with that. No, so who, I'm there. I'm there with you, bro. So, who is ever on online on Skype at nine thirty? Steve, do you realize that there are hardly any podcasts out there to make that make it hell past fifty, let alone two hundred? I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> because we don't have a profit margin in this. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I mean, it's just just hanging out. Zero times zero, carry the zero, plus zero. We will close this thing out. All right, in three, two... We haven't even signed off yet. No, we have not signed off. So in three, two, one. All right, folks, that is it with the uh, the man babe. (laughs) Three, two, one. That is it with the movie review. All right, that is it with the man cave movie. And I can't talk when you're talking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just figured you're not talking. If you are, you're not talking. Go on. All right, that is it. Fucker. I feel like this podcast is like the car accident that just never stopped in this movie. Oh, Daddy, make it stop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You started this. <laughs> and three, two, one. All right, folks, that's it with the Man Key Movie Review, episode 199. Stay tuned for us next time. We're going to be talking about another great Man Cave movie. It's going to be episode 200, so you guys know what it is. So check us out on uh, our website at mancavemoviereview.com. Look for us on iTunes at Man Cave Movie. Leave us a comment. Tell us if you like the show or didn't like it. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Man Cave Movie. So until next time, I'm your host, Steve Michaels, signing off with my very good and dear friend, Ken. I keep my wheels spinning and my beavers grinning. Rony. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, you son of bitches. <laughs> oh, oh, well done. And also say good night is my other good dear friend. Mark, you some bitches could close the umbrella. Slover. You know, you know, Miss Camilla, you have a lyrical way of cutting through the bullshit. <laughs> oh, my God. And... <laughs> And also say goodbye to our other good dear friend Jeff. Give me a Diablo sandwich and a Dr. Pepper. I got a podcast to do. Muncie. Daddy, can I have a <laughs> And the words of Buford D. Justice. Let's get off of here, you moose twit. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. And last and certainly not least is our other very good dear friend and our new penny on the rail derailer of all podcasts the Reverend Deuteronomy Skaggs you know more seriously when you tell somebody something it depends on what part of the United States you're standing in it's just how dumb you are <laughs> that's so, it and, and lowering it down oh, God. I thought that was epic the right. greatest scene in the movie well that clears it up thanks yeah that just really sucked didn't it yeah alright well there you go folks <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be serious. Jesus Christ, what are you <laughs> That is it with the Man Key Movie Review. Hope you enjoyed the show. Until <laughs> next one, ciao.